0: the successes they've had, ways that they have become so definitively focused on moving forward. We look forward to sharing their stories and we hope that they inspire you just as much as they have inspired us. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Focused on Forward. Today we're talking with Joshua Stockbridge. Josh has an interesting story uh, to, that's going to talk about him and his daughter and, and the story of, of their successes and how they've gotten to the point where they are. So welcome, Josh. We're we're glad to have you. yeah,
1: absolutely. I'm happy to share what uh, what I've gone through.
0: Good, yeah. You know, our, our whole purpose here in doing this is that we want people to be able to look at everyone's different life experiences and see if there's some strength that they can draw from it, and maybe it was something that will encourage them and help them to keep moving forward, even though life has thrown some struggles their way. So we're, we're anxiously uh, we're waiting to hear your story, so sure. whenever you're ready. Yeah,
1: so um, man, I guess uh, my story started with the challenges I faced on my own as a young person. Um, I uh, was diagnosed with uh, fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue, uh, arthritis. I was diagnosed with the beginning stages at age 10. Um, had a lot of uh, just things stacking up, and then eventually I, I ended up uh, getting married uh, to my, um, wife who we've been married for about seven years now. And, uh, we had a car crash probably about five years ago. Um, and after that car crash, I couldn't walk or stand for more than about 15 to 20 minutes at a time. So that was really difficult to deal with. Um, and, uh, on top of all that, I had a lot of brain fog and stuff from the fibromyalgia and all that stuff. Um, and it just made everything harder. Um, I, ended, I was a server at a restaurant um, that made fairly decent money. And then I wasn't able to walk or stand anymore after the accident. So uh, it just aggravated everything on top of everything. And because um, uh, I already had pain in my feet and legs and everything like that. And the car crash just pushed that right over the edge. Um, so, yeah, I guess, I guess that's where it ended up as far as the physical pain. Um, shortly after that, I ended okay. up you know, losing my job as a server. Um, I then ended up getting a, a job selling uh, insurance, um, mainly due to the fog and everything like that. That was even hard, um, to upkeep for myself. Then, uh, eventually they, they wanted to work me about 60 hours a week and things like that till I started selling. I wasn't about to have that. So, um, I ended up having to, uh, try to find something else. Um, so I eventually did, but, um, uh, after that, my wife uh, became pregnant and, uh, that was all good news and whatnot. I was able to find some work, um, uh, doing more sales and whatnot. Uh, that was really fun. Uh, going business to business and et cetera, um, kind of made my own schedule to some extent. So it was a little easier on me, uh, physically. Uh, however, uh, at about 27 weeks into the pregnancy, Michaela, um, started having bleeding and we eventually needed to, uh, we went to the hospital uh, oh, before this, I'm sorry. She was uh, diagnosed with placenta previa, which is a condition okay. in which the placenta will literally attach over the opening of the uh, cervix so that the baby will not be able to get out once it is, once they go into labor. So right. um, she had a, a, absolutely, um, I forget exactly what they call fully effaced or whatever but basically it was covering it entirely. There was no way for the baby to get out, so the only option was yes. C-section. And you know, this is the this is the only time where I thought to myself, wow, I'm kind of glad I was born in this era <laughs> because, you know, uh, you know, we have C-section and we have things like that. Yeah. Medical yeah, advances you know, and um, yeah. In the past it would have just been that she would have been dead. I mean, that that's what would have happened. And that's how how it used to happen is uh, severe cases of placenta previa like that. there was nothing they could do. Um, They would bleed out. So. um, Right. So but what did end up happening is she started early bleeding, which has a higher risk of happening when you have placenta previa. And so she bled. And Mm -hmm. um, I ended up I remember rushing home from work. Luckily, I only worked five minutes away. I rushed home from work and then rushed her to the hospital. And then they ended up doing an emergency C-section, and we had a 27-weeker. So she was born at one pound and uh, 15 ounces, and uh, she was a oh uh, micro preemie. Um, so uh, funny story. Uh, we had already come up with a name beforehand. Uh, her name was going to be Kara. Um, But my wife, we have this funny thing with names. I I don't like just any name, So she just keeps throwing names out there. I'm like, no, 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 no. And it shoot down like every single one. She really wanted the name Lena. And I'm like, absolutely not. Like, I don't like that name, no. But then she said, what about Carolina? (laughs) And when she said Carolina, I was like, yeah, that's it. We'll do that. Like, because I like that. So um, (laughs) when she was sitting on...
0: Yeah, yeah. Oddly enough, my, uh, my wife and I, we always joke that we, with our daughter, our third child, that we nearly. got
1: divorced. <laughs>
0: so, um, That's so same thing. We would throw names nothing, at each other all the time. Nothing
1: just, you know, sticks.
0: nothing, nothing, nothing stuck till about, uh, I think about two, three weeks before she, <laughs> she was born. And then we're like, Perfect. Oh, Kendall, it's going to
1: be Kendall. Um, so she was so. sitting there on the, uh, they let me go into the room with the C-section and, and, you know, support her. She was sitting there and, uh, she just all this uh, i i wanted to spell carolina k a r a l e e n a because it just looks like okay now nobody has problems pronouncing that, but she wanted it spelled c a r a l e n a so one e and a k and a c instead of a k and two e's so um and she just mm-hmm. like blackmailed me sitting there on the table you know i don't know if she's gonna live or die she just goes, <laughs> please spell it how i want it, and i'm like, sure whatever you want babe, yes <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> it's like you know and if we weren't done. in a critical situation right now i would have like fought for that but no um <laughs> that was pretty funny um Fair she enough. uh came out crying which was um rare it's rare for a premature baby to do that but she actually came out pretty good um we ended up knowing somebody who was uh the operating nurse which was really amazing um and uh so it was nice to have somebody we knew just in, in that operating room, because they were very familiar with our wishes and, and whatnot there as well in our medical everything. So that was really, really handy. Um, Excellent. Then, uh, nice. Then, uh, sh- Carolina, um, she had to be helicoptered to U of M uh, in Michigan, uh, in Ann Arbor. And, uh, so they were packing her up and whatnot. I ended up beating the helicopter to U of M, um, mainly because they had a lot of stuff to do <laughs> and whatnot. I was only speeding a little, not not that much, um, but uh, <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. So we ended up getting to the hospital and my wife had to stay behind for three days um, to heal from the C-section. She couldn't be moved. So she didn't get to meet mm-hmm. Carolina for very long until three days later. Um, so, wow sorry that was the hardest part for sure um that was the hardest part was you know being without my wife uh in the NICU with my daughter for for those days but I had a lot of support I had a lot of support I can imagine a lot of good friends um who'd stop and visit um who heard about it and would come and visit us. So, um, but, you know, all I could do was uh, go in there and put my hand on Carolina. Um, and I did that because you you can't brush their skin or anything. It's like a butterfly's wing. but you're allowed to put your hand on them. And uh, so, yeah. So just place it and hold, hold it still. still. Um, and the thing is, is that physical touch is also so important for babies. I mean, they will... Um, their, their mortality mm-hmm. rates will, will go up without physical touch, without actually being there or holding them. And, uh, I got to it. So in that instance, mm-hmm.
0: just, I, I'm sorry, yeah. just a quick question just popped in my head. So in that instance, are you allowed
1: skin yes. to skin contact or was it, or was yes, it we allowed, to allowed skin to skin. skin. There's or a, or a hand sanitizer sense. station right outside the room. You used it every time it came in and out. Okay. Excellent. Um, but, yeah, cause yeah. That's, it was really important you know, to have that skin-to-skin. Skin. Um, and, uh, you know, I think the next most memorable thing was um, was holding her for the first time. Um, it was like wearing a bracelet. It was like she wasn't even there. And that was scary for me because my daughter was, you know, I couldn't feel her on me. She was so light. Um, but we had oh, some. Uh, the journey was, was definitely... um a long one. It was two months and we ended up living in the hospital. Um, however, that is not nearly as long as, you know, obviously some others <laughs> that were there in adjacent rooms. Um, you know, some people were there for over a year mm-hmm. with their, with their baby. It was just like incredible. Oh my. Um, so we ended up making some friends here and there and whatnot and some of the other parents. Um, so that was, uh, um, we we did. She did end up having a um, bladder infection. She also ended up having. Um, due to that, they they gave her antibiotics. They um, accidentally overdosed her with antibiotics, which could have caused permanent kidney failure. Um, luckily, um, she ended up the, the kidney failure reversed itself. Um,
0: we went oh, we wow. went through a similar situation with Kendall. Uh, last, mm-hmm. last year while we were in the ICU, uh, yep. they gave her too aggressive of a yep. dose and it shut down her kidneys for almost a week, week and a half. It was slowly reversing itself after. How old was but Kendall? Yeah, it's very time? scary.
1: 12. Yeah, at 12. So, at um, with micro preemies, everything happens like 50 times as fast because of how small they are. Um, so. Her kidneys shut down, I think, for like a few days or something like that or a day. I don't remember. But that's also why a bladder infection is such a big deal um, was because uh, you could get a bladder infection that will quickly turn around and a premature baby can die like within a day or two of just a bladder infection. Um, and they're also very, very common um, for premature babies. Um, I, I don't know why possibly because they don't have as many defenses. I mean part of it, you know, that is it. I mean they, they their immune system is practically non-existent. So, um well, yeah. But, uh, yeah, that makes yeah, sense. So everything though. happens like really quickly. So I we were actually really lucky to have a lot of the medical professionals and not there, especially the nurses who were just they they could just look at her and go something's not right. And so they would just, you know, they'd order the panel, right? And these nurses, they have to go to school for like, it's like the longest schooling you ever have to do as a nurse or a doctor for that matter. I think the doctors have to go for like 20 years. Um, right. From around that realm. And the nurse is like 10 or 12 or something. Um, but yeah, our nurse just eyeballed her and just went, yeah, something's not quite right. And, you know, I'm going to order, you know, panels to see if she has infections. And that's when they narrowed down the bladder infection. Um, so, we went through all that, and uh her massimo is what they call it, which is uh basically a respiratory indicator of how well she's breathing <clears throat> mm-hmm. um just was always getting better and better and better and uh you know, after about two months, um we were able to go home with her, so uh, we brought her home at just under four pounds and um I think. The thing I learned from that was that um, there's a lot we can do. I, I had I was forced to advocate for my daughter. I was forced to uh-huh. do anything I could. Now I wasn't a medical professional, right? But right. what I could do was ask questions and learn about everything I possibly could to try to make the most informed decision. Um, so that's practically was my time in the NICU. If it wasn't on my phone or talking with friends, I was just doing research or something along those lines. Um, I, I, I can understand that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it, it also helped me realize that maybe there's more I could do for myself. Maybe there was more I could do for my health and whatnot. And that was part of the thoughts that helped me going down the road because my wife, um, some medical issues. I obviously had medical issues and now my daughter was born with medical issues and now I need to figure out, um, <laughs> how are we going to even survive? <laughs> you know, with, sure, all yeah. this, with all of these medical issues, uh, coming our way. So, um, I ended up bringing home my daughter and shortly after I did that, um, I was like, go of my job. Um, so the job that I did have, hmm. um, they let me go. Um, I wasn't performing quite obviously. Um, I realized later that some of the, um, I guess symptoms I was having, I didn't realize I was having symptoms, but um, because I felt kind of fine, but now I recognize those as like symptoms of, uh, PTSD. I I didn't realize that I was even that far. Like you don't realize it in the moment a lot of times. Um, but, uh,
0: no, that hits that hits you. Yeah,
1: that. <laughs> and then I was like, oh wow, that kind of that kind of screwed me up in certain ways. Uh, so, um, but I'm I'm always working yeah. on that and whatnot. And uh, <clears throat> I I I really liked the premise of the podcast too that you have going on here because I always feel that there is no other way to take things than for than focusing on forward, right? Than actually right. making ourselves stronger from these situations because you know you can you can go through anything you can go through even more, even worse things than, than us. I'm, 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 Mm -hmm. you can go through absolute, just torture and um, you can still come out learning from it. There's an illustration I love, and I've always kept in mind, which is you can take things like an egg. You can take things like um, a carrot or a coffee bean and our environment, is a boiling pot of water and when you place these things in a boiling pot of water the carrot gets soft and mushy the egg gets hard and the coffee bean though turns the water into something right and it is actually useful now the egg we don't want to become hard to our problems we don't want to make it be- make us into a hard person the carrot we don't want it to make us into a soft sensitive person um, but rather we want to just become better and, uh, make ourselves more useful to the world around us as well. So, um, I always try to keep that in mind. I,
0: I want you to know, I'll be stealing that oh, illustration. Sure. That's, I like that. That's good. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> no, that's very nice. That's, that's, uh, yeah, that's a similar thought pattern to, to the whole premise behind this is, you know, how do we make ourselves yeah. better in dealing with the situations that, that life is, is, and Inevit- inevitably going yeah. through it and out. it's
1: important to process things properly though. I went to uh, some therapy sessions, you know, because you know, it wasn't easy to deal with some of the things yep. uh, that we we experienced and seen in the NICU. And uh, you know, I <laughs> I would talk my therapist pointed this out that I did this all the time. I would talk about a problem and then immediately afterwards, I would say, "But I learned that." And she was like, "Okay, but Josh, you, you keep saying, but you learned that. And I'm glad you're taking the positive from these things. But she's like, but didn't it just suck? <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, I guess it did. And she's like, well, like, just make sure that, you know, you're, you're processing that fully that, yeah, that sucked. You know, that really stunk. Yeah. And we, you know, um, and it's okay to have those feelings, but, um, it's just proper to balance those with, um, you know, we got to be, we still got to be moving forward and we we do got to learn from them. So I, I take, a, I take a practice of um, if I'm feeling a feeling, I'll go ahead and kind of set a sort of, sort of mental time limit on it and I'll go ahead and feel it for a while and then I'll just let it go and I can say, okay, now I acknowledged it. Now I can move on and kind of doing that in a very cognitive way in a very like, um, hey, I see you kind of way to your own feelings has really helped me a lot. Um
0: we we do kind of a similar thing at our house and a lot of it's based on the therapy mm-hmm. sessions that we had as well because coming out of it I didn't real out of our situation uh I I didn't realize that I was going yeah. through uh some some forms of of post traumatic mm-hmm. stress. Um I wasn't sleeping, I wasn't eating, I wasn't, you know, I was grumpy all the time. Um, you know, uh and, and a lot of other things and um you know, and I, I wouldn't, I, and we had a very similar conversation with my therapist. Uh, I did, you know, about the fact that it was okay to acknowledge that these things suck mm-hmm. yeah. and that, uh, they do, they do shape your view on things and it's okay to acknowledge those things, but it's who's steering yep. the boat. Are you steering the boat or are you allowing your feelings exactly. to steer the boat? And, and so we had, her and I had a long talk about it, you know? And, uh, so in our house, it's, Okay. So you're having an off day. Mm-hmm. It happens. That's fine. Take your day, have your off day. But tomorrow when you wake up and the sun shines, it's a new day, new feelings, mm-hmm. new emotions. Don't bring yesterday's issues yeah. into tomorrow. That's how, that's kind of how we've, we've gone about yep. it. And and even sometimes it's okay. It's uh. it's now the afternoon. Don't bring this yep. morning's issues into the afternoon. We've, we've tried, we've tried to even compress that down further. So we're not focusing so much on the negative, but trying to focus on, on, how
1: we keep. moving? Yeah. And along with that, I got to say the most effective thing that I think anybody could do is, uh, focus on some form of a gratefulness practice. You need to be grateful about anything. I'm I'm grateful for even some of the bad things that happen. And I don't mean that they happened and that's why I'm grateful. I mean that I've gone through that that I can now help others that I can now do things with the information that I now have by going through that. Yes. And there's so much to be grateful over, even with the negative things. And that can be really, really healing. If you allow it to be, it's really hard to get anxious, to be sad, to be anything when you are just grateful. Um, take a, take a step back and just, you know, uh, think about what you're grateful for. There's,
0: as I tell people all the time, there's a silver lining in everything if you're willing mm-hmm. to look for it, you know. Um, and even with Kendall's stay in the hospital, there there was definite silver linings yeah. there. Um, and our stay in the hospital, our, our the last year of our life, even with the shelter in place uh, issues mm-hmm. that we have here in Michigan uh, right now, um, you know, uh, there's silver linings to that. And, I, and every day I find a way to be grateful and be thankful for each each thing that's going on. Yeah. And I, and I agree
1: with you hundred percent on that. Absolutely. Yeah. So we need to, um, you know, and being grateful helps you take advantage of, of things like that. Right. Cause if you're focused on gratefulness, um, then, you know, when something happens like a stay at home order, you can go, Oh, I get to spend time with my family and I get to uh, plant a garden and work on the house and get 18 chickens and, exactly. and um, build a chicken coop. That's what I ended up doing. <laughs> <laughs> what? what was that,
0: Honestly, I yeah. say uh, yeah. do you know, I don't know about the chickens, but we did we did do the garden. You know, happy to spend time with family. Not for me, but yeah, we grew up with
1: them. Uh, our family did, so uh, I'm, I'm pretty. The kids love them too. They uh, they hug them and pet them and all sorts of fun stuff. It's hilarious. But uh, um, so you know when you're focused on gratefulness, you you can see what you can take advantage of um, in the moment instead of just letting everything wear you down and then not taking advantage of where you're at and what moments you're in. So. Nice. Yeah. So let's, let's flash forward a little
0: bit. So uh, now you Mm -hmm. brought her home. Uh, You said she was about four pounds. So she was a little, your dad showed Mm -hmm. me a picture of her uh, laying on the, on the, on the (laughs) bed lined up next to a bunch of other little dolls. And I, it, it took me a yep. moment to pick her out of the, <laughs> of the photo. Um, uh, that was I was like, oh, mm-hmm. there she is. It, it, I actually had to blow up the picture a little bit to be able to mm-hmm. see the differences. Um, so with all of that and coming home at that size, what challenges did you have to face with her? Then?
1: So um, I'd say, well, we in the NICU, um, the machine goes off. Every three seconds, a lot of times, and it's because their heart stops. Especially in the first month, their heart stops, you know, a um, hundred times a day. Um, so it's it, it's really um, that noise. I still carry with me in my my head sometimes and in my dreams. Um, but that. Uh, <laughs> yep. Um, so you know, I I looked back on that and realized that I was getting maybe an hour of sleep each night. I mean, there there was there was not much sleeping (laughs) and um, that alone will drive you nuts. But um, not only that one significant time she had aspirated on her own spit up and um, just turned totally blue and was limp. And um, so I had to do luckily you're, you're mandated to learn CPR and things like that before you exit the NICU. Um, So I just, I practiced what I learned and uh, luckily she was able to get the spit up out of her lungs. And, uh, you know, we called the doctor and just told them what happened and everything. And they said, OK, just, you know, keep an eye on her. She should be OK and all that kind of stuff. But um, she cried for a good, you know, full hour after that, just crying and crying and crying. And, uh, you know, because it was obviously scary for her, too. <laughs> and then, mm-hmm. I remember yeah. I was so tough throughout that whole thing. And then after she finally fell asleep in my arms, I just lost it. <laughs> You know, in my, uh, <laughs> then it was my turn. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Um, that was probably the, the scariest moment. I think the most challenging. She's honestly not been too much of a challenge, but really, I think just keeping an eye on everything, keeping an eye on her immune system. Um, we, mm-hmm. we actually, uh, we couldn't let anybody hold her we've had to be the only ones essentially and that's not because we're paranoid parents it's because it was doctor's orders <laughs> you know so uh part of the challenge was yeah. explaining that to people no you can't really hold my baby <laughs> sorry uh but yeah. uh you know so that that only lasted a uh, few months or something though so um and that was mainly sure. when you were in public places uh she wasn't allowed to be held but if you had you know like the grandparents, definitely we let them hold and hold her right um, but uh, that was um, uh, I gotta say that was probably a, that was probably a big challenge the other thing just just making sure that we were feeding her right too because um and this actually helped me to end up losing a hundred pounds um, because you know i was I was focused on my daughter 's health and my wife 's health Wow, I found a resource that was. Um, It was a podcast and I started listening to it because, um, a a brother, um, uh, there, there was a, um, a friend of mine who had, uh, um, he was a buyer at a grocery chain. And so he had a lot of contacts with other companies and whatnot. So he started reaching out to them and he's like, Hey, do you want to do some, uh, demonstrations and some demonstrations is like, you know, those people who hand you, uh, uh, you know, something on a toothpick to have you try it. Yeah, oh, and I sure. was like,
0: Here, Here's this kielbasa. Uh, this yeah, Give us a try. Yeah.
1: So, um, so that's what I started doing, is I started doing demonstrations for all these companies. Well, I wanted to do good work. So one of the companies that I, I had gotten um, is called uh, Bulletproof, and um, they are an excellent company. Um, but I started to uh, look into their podcasts, and because of their podcasts, I was able to figure out – really why the heck i was in all this pain all the time and also why i was overweight and couldn't lose weight and all this other stuff it was a really wonderful resource it helped me help my wife i ended up being able to be like so honey i figured out what was wrong with you today <laughs> and she's like what do you mean and I, I explained it all to her and she's like yeah that's like spot on and so anyway it just started a-
0: that seems like that could have been a loaded sentence going into that. Hey, I figured out what's
1: wrong with you. Yeah, luckily she has a decent sense of humor, so she she she'd have had to to marry That's, me. That would right? be
0: helpful. So no time, <laughs> no time required on the couch then. Yeah, you, know, you were
1: all yeah, set. Right. Yep. Um, anyways, uh, you know there was there were so many like little. Um, things about health and nutrition and wellness that I I learned um, through those podcasts and that just made me look into other resources. And it got all the way into um, just reading medical articles and also uh, scholarly articles and whatnot that are posted online by NCBI and all these other, you know, I just started reading through them. Yeah. And if I didn't know something, I'd look it up and I just gained a really big interest in the human body and how it functions and all this stuff. And it ended up helping me and my family overcome a lot. So my fibromyalgia ended up also disappearing. I can now stand for as long as I want. I can walk for as long as I want without my feet hurting, legs hurting. Um, I don't get random pain anymore. That's I don't amazing. Get random skin pain. I don't get headaches. I had a headache uh, about every single day of my life since the age of 12. Um, and, uh, Oh, wow. It, it Literally, it was just something that I was accustomed to. It became something that was just normal to me. So I think, uh, part of the challenge, um, and really, I think because of the NICU and because of all this stuff, I really had to like disown myself, you know, in a sense. And I, cause I was focused so much on my daughter that, um, you know, I it's like, okay, you know, you got to give up sugar. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> I was kind of like, oh, I don't really care. Um, sure, I'll do it. <laughs> like I was I was kind of like, I don't care about myself anymore. Yeah. I'm just gonna do it and see what happens. And like it's not gonna kill you to give it up for a while. Like same with same with anything else. Like if you want to try going gluten free or if you wanna try going sugar free or whatever, it's not gonna kill you to try. So why not try? Right. So and I when I when I ended up trying, right, right, right. and I eliminated certain things out of my diet and whatnot and gave it a go. I ended up losing a hundred pounds and figured out exactly what was causing my headaches, my joint pain. And, and now I can correlate all of those to very specific foods. So yeah. And yeah, that's um, interesting. So anyways, I uh, doing a lot of research on that stuff. Um, I realized that, you know, food is medicine um, to a lot of people um, because um mm-hmm. You know, I, to, to me it is because medicine is something that gives you a very specific reaction to your body and food does that to me, right? If I, if I, I know if I eat this certain food mm-hmm. that I'm going to have X reaction. So I will stay away from that certain food. But at the same time, um, the point is that, um, you know, I became a much healthier person and I went from a dad thinking that I was going to be, <laughs> kind of cripple and not be able to play with my family to um, somebody who is self-sufficient and who um, in the sense that I was making a living in the sense that I was going to be able to play with my daughter and, and now my son as well. And uh, I mm-hmm. also lost all the weight and et cetera. And I, it's just my, my wife is getting over a lot of her conditions or whatnot. It's still been a journey figuring out everything with her. Um, but we're like, I want to say about 90% there with her. She's um, doing amazing. and uh, Well,
0: that's awesome.
1: Yeah. So part of the challenges was just getting down and dirty and doing it, but they, they weren't too challenging because of just my mentality at the time was like, I don't really care about myself. You know, I don't really, you know, I, I took those uh, the PTSD, not eating thing uh, to another level because I was just like, well, you know, I might as well eat just whatever to stay alive so uh <laughs> i don't care what it is mm-hmm. right? right so um yeah that was that was that's about it interesting okay so
0: you said that you have a, mm-hmm. a gratefulness practice and we, you you talked about that for a moment now how does that gratefulness of practice affect your planning for moving forward
1: um a Good question you know I uh, it, it helps me just recognize the most important things, really, and what what I should be grateful for. Um, what am I focusing on right now um, versus what should I be focusing on? so um, you know great okay. gratefulness helps me prioritize um and having that practice and whatnot and just meditating um you know what should i be grateful for right now especially when i'm in a foul mood we all have that those times um i'll get in a foul mood or something yeah absolutely and then i just recognize and it's some. sometimes it's the hardest thing to do is to take a step back because it's like you just want to be in a foul mood sometimes so uh (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm like, you know what? No, yeah, I gotta take a step back, figure out what I'm grateful for and and you know, uh it's not about me. Right? It's not about me and and that I want to feel bad right, it's about. Right. Um, next steps. So how old is She just is turned uh, 4 May 9th. 4. Now and, how,
0: and she's 100% she
1: normal. Doing? Just Yep. She's oh, I mean, we that's were just awesome. talking the other day. She's uh she went from like the one percentile as far as growth chart and stuff goes, um to the sixteenth percentile right now. So that means that she's completely normal. Oh nice. <laughs> she, there's nothing wrong with her. You know, that's, uh that's her, great. a lot of her organs and stuff are going to remain immature, but they still live full lives. Um they don't there's no difference between them and another human being, really. I mean, she's gonna have some reduced kidney function um to some extent but you just keep an eye on it okay um you know and that's
0: so, so there will be some things impacting her for the future but nothing yeah it's more like it can back, um
1: but it's, it's right with, with her and with a lot of our dietary changes and etc it, it's really really low chance because you know you're just reducing the statistics with every um you know I, every positive thing you do for her health. So. Okay. And now yeah, you said Samson. you have a, a son He's as uh, well. about almost two years old. Okay. So.
0: And I assume that all went well with Samson? Yeah, all went, all well
1: went fairly well with him. <laughs> uh, my wife, uh, and I, I forgive me for the terminology and stuff here, but she was... Um, yeah, that's fine. I, I don't know whether to call it labor or because because labor is actually the short period of time at the end or something technically, but basically, um, she was having contractions for three days straight, right? So she had she had constant just contractions oh and and whatnot, and um, her water was broken for you know a little over twenty four hours and whatnot. Uh, so that, um, but luckily we were in a hospital. So they were, you know, check. We were going to do a home birth, but decided to go to the hospital because, you know, the baby just wasn't coming after 24 hours, and then another 24 hours, and then another 24 hours. Um, so, and then finally, <laughs> the baby came. Um, so it was um, again the most sleepless. <laughs> i've ever been uh you know i stayed yeah. for about three days straight maybe got an hour or two in there possibly um you know uh but um yeah yeah i can um, imagine i just kind of felt bad for her but other than that samson was great uh you know uh i think that one of the um hardest parts with that was um you know he was definitely a crier you know whatnot we couldn't figure out you know what he wanted but he just cried all the time uh lo and behold we come to figure out that he's allergic to dairy so that we were like oh okay so this makes sense um and so we just stopped um dairy and whatnot um and there was we still can't quite figure out why he was crying all the time um but he was just colicky kind of so that was a little difficult and and my wife did did deal with some postpartum depression um and whatnot that, uh, we were, um, and, and luckily she's, she's, um, well, I don't know if you ever recover from that completely, but (laughs) she's, she's doing really well. And we've got a, we've got a good handle on that too.
0: No, I, you know, my, my wife went through some postpartum issues and I I do believe that, that to some degree it sticks with you, uh, for, because I think, anytime you, you, ha- you deal with any form of depression and clearly I'm yeah. no doctor and I'm not a specialist in this mm-hmm. in any way, shape or form. But, um, my personal feeling is, is that, um, yeah, it alters you in some way. Um, and, and it cha- may change your, your outlook on things, your effect on things and, and, yep. and how you view things. Um, but there's a definite change there because you're changing, you're altering the chemicals yeah. in the body and the brain. Um, so, yeah, but that's just that's yeah, my it's, two it's, cents. they
1: say it's correlated so. to um, uh, actually the amount of brain mass uh, involved because, you know, the, the, you're putting in so much into the child and whatnot that sometimes it's going to leach from other things. <coughs> and they found that um, after pregnancy, there's about a certain percentage reduction of gray matter. And they've actually linked reduction of gray matter I- into uh, depression. And they found that many antidepressants have a very similar correlation, which is uh, they stimulate neurogenesis or the creating of new brain cells. Um, so it's kind of it, it, one of those little biohacking tidbits. Oh, okay. That basically, depression is linked to neurons dying. So you have to figure out why they're dying and uh, try to fix those. So we upped her nutrition a ton, um, and we definitely gave her good brain foods, good omega-3s, et cetera. Um, but those are all, like, things that, you know um, – uh, I enjoyed learning about. And again, it's like when you were in such a desperate position, like I was, it can't hurt. <laughs> it really couldn't hurt. Cause I was either suffering or I was trying right. something. And which do you choose when you're in that position? Right. Can...
0: Right. Yeah. You can, you can lay there in the dirt or you can yep. try and stand up. Exactly. And yourself so,
1: off. you know, I was, I wasn't going to go down without a fight. And I feel like if I didn't make those choices to to try to learn something to help myself and my family that, um, I would, I would still be pretty crippled. I'd still be full of pain. I'd still be, know I'd still have headaches all, every day. And, uh, yeah. Um, so it was either deal with that or try something new and, uh, you get pretty brave. You get pretty brave. Yeah, after absolutely.
0: <laughs> I bet. Well, I I want to thank you yeah, for, for for talking with us and and, and sharing you know the uh, um it's amazing to me that a lot of the things now mm-hmm. when my daughter went through the hospital situation we went through with with her yeah. Guillain Barré syndrome um, clearly she was twelve years old we didn't mm-hmm. have to deal with NICU and and all those things but you know um, we were in the hospital wow. for ninety seven days that's and, a long time um, almost a month of that was in yeah, and almost a month mm-hmm. of that was in the, in the in the ICU. So a lot of the things that you were talking about, you know, not only what the the beeping of the machines, I, that mm-hmm. I remember that all too clearly. Um, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, one of my one of my new uh, things that I, I do, uh, just you know, little things that that help bring me joy. Mm-hmm. I'm a big music fan, and I I uh, started going back and buying <laughs> vinyl records again. And I bought a record player and I, you know, uh, I had forgotten how much I loved uh, the artwork and the liner notes and, you know, the feel of dropping the needle and hearing (laughs) the hissing and the popping of the old records and stuff like that. Um, Mm -hmm. I have a lot of good memories of that when I was a kid. Um, But uh, up until recently, uh, one of my favorite albums I wasn't able to listen to for a while um, uh, because I couldn't. Uh, every night when I, would, when it was my turn to sleep in the room mm-hmm. with Kendall, I never slept because we had, for the last two months of our stay, we had a, we had a room, um, and the, the hospital had like, yeah. a couple hotel yeah. rooms built into the hospital. And so we had, we had hotel, we had one of those hotel rooms. And, but when it was my turn to stay in the room, I couldn't sleep because the beeping of the machines and the nurses coming in and out, you know, they were doing their job and I have no, no qualms with mm-hmm. that whatsoever. I'm very thankful for them. Uh but the the, anytime the beeping would it made me very anxious. So I'd put it in my headphones and I would listen to yep. one particular album. Um and I and I just bought that album and, uh last week. Um it's been almost a year yeah. and I was just finally able to start listening to it again because I I would put whenever that song uh, that album would start, um instantly I was like transported back to the hospital mentally. And so it took me a little bit to to kind of get, get past that. Um, But now, but now I'm starting to enjoy the album again. So it's so funny how we associate those things. I
1: I played a particular (laughs) phone game while I was in there to pass the time sometimes. And I can't go back to that game now. I can't. Sure. (laughs) I tried for a little bit and then I was like, Ooh, too many memories. Uh, Not worth it. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Every Oh, every once in a while. It's uh, uh, yeah. uh, the album, but I don't know if you ever listened to the artist Beck, but uh, so he's got that album called Morning Phase. And uh, Morning Phase was the album that I listened to every night mm-hmm. religiously with earphones in and that's how I'd go to sleep. Uh, so, yeah, up until about two weeks ago, I couldn't listen to that album at all. Every time the first song would start in and, you know, instantly just mm-hmm. there, there went my brain. So <laughs> but yeah, so I can you know, I I can't uh there's some things in your story that I can only imagine. Um uh, but there's a lot that I could identify with and so um I I really do appreciate you coming on and and talking to us and and sharing this and I hope that uh other people who who experience even remotely similar things are able to take some of the the uh advice that you've given. Yeah. Um you know, and, and really, you know, uh, the, 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 pra- the gratefulness practice, I, I, I love that. I really do. Um, that was, um, uh, one of my gold star moments during your, your conversation, um, you know, making sure that we're, we're grateful for everything that we have. Yeah. Uh, and, and everything you know, t- that we're, we're, To we're
1: your given. point there, we, so we have to make sure but, we're, we are drawing similarities with what each other has been through too. And we can't let ourselves say, well, you just don't understand because really what that what that comes down to, and maybe we have feelings in those moments you so need to acknowledge those, but what I'm saying is when we do that, we 're doing it to ourselves, we isolate ourselves, we then become um, we then truly do become alone uh, when we when we tell people that they can't possibly understand what we 're going through, but we need to allow people to draw those correlations so that we can have people around us who are sympathetic and or empathetic to what uh we've been through we need to let them do that and in turn it's gonna be therapeutic to us and it's it's therapeutic to them too right so we we need to allow that as humans yeah but yeah Yeah, absolutely
0: so yeah it was a lot of fun but fantastic thank you so much i i really did enjoy this and uh
1: sounds good my pleasure uh,
0: we'll see you around soon okay yep bye All right. Well, that concludes another episode of Focused On Forward. To be a guest of Focused On Forward, you can reach us through Twitter at PodcastFOF, through our Facebook page named Focused On Forward, or through email focusedonforward at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing each and every one of your stories that has yet to be told. So until then, be safe, be kind, and be loving to one another as you stay focused forward.